Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Sometimes I'll give you a little backstory about how I decided what to preach on, and uh, today was another kind of interesting one. There, there usually are a little interesting. It's always it's, it's nice, you know, to feel like uh, maybe God is guiding you and directing you every once in a while. Uh, but this morning, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was going to preach on this morning. So last night I just went to bed, and I woke up this morning and. Uh, I, just, I don't know why, I just wanted to talk about the shepherds. It wasn't like I had any sort of epiphany or anything, just felt like talking about the shepherds. Uh, I like the shepherds, you know, they're simple rustic folk like me, and uh, I don't know, it just seemed appealing. Um, and then the thought popped into my head, you know, there's three masses for Christmas, and we always do the first, the midnight mass, and the third mass, we, we never do the dawn mass, there's another mass at dawn. Um, somebody asked me yesterday, one of my daughters asked me, she said, Dad, did you get permission to be able to do three Masses in one day? I said, no. She said, well, you're not allowed to do that. I said, well, you are for Christmas. <laughs> so Christmas and Easter. Uh, there is a rule in the church that you can't have more than one Mass uh, a day, except for Christmas and Easter in the Western tradition. Uh, there are three prescribed Masses. At any rate, I woke up kind of wanting to talk about the shepherds, and uh, and I thought, you know, I'm curious, I, to, to make a confession, I couldn't remember what the gospel was from the dawn mass. Um, so I thought, I'm just going to look it up and see what it is. Well, lo and behold, it's the story of the shepherds. So you're going to hear about shepherds this morning at any rate. Um, it comes from Luke chapter 2. And it concerns the shepherds, of course, who were visited by the angelic host and who then went to find the baby Jesus. Let me read you the passage from Luke 2. Luke says, Now there were shepherds nearby living out in a field, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feed trough. And suddenly, a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, Peace among people with whom he is pleased. And it happened that when the angels left them and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, that the Lord has made known to us. 
So they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph and found the baby lying in a feed trough. When they saw him, they related what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were astonished. They marveled in amazement at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these words, pondering in her heart what they might mean. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. Everything was just as they had been told. Among us today, I suspect that not, not many of us are from noble stock, not many wise, not many from the aristocracy. But if there is someone here from the aristocracy, I'd like to know about it, but I don't think there probably isn't. So us, of all people, we should relish this story, which draws attention to the simple, poor, rustic shepherds who were lowly esteemed laborers in their day, the lowest. It's even more impressive that Luke devotes so much space to them. You know, the, the real estate of space in the gospel is very valuable. And he gives a lot to these shepherds. These who were actually invisible and lowly esteemed by society have been highly esteemed by the evangelist, who goes on and on about them. They were highly esteemed by the angels, who put on quite a show for them. And they were most highly esteemed by God himself, who arranged all of this, and then had it recorded for all the ages to delight in. This is just another example, another part of the great story of Christ's birth, which emphasizes the humble circumstances of God becoming man, which emphasizes, more importantly, the actual humility of God as he comes down and associates with the poor and the lowly, when he comes in the form of a slave. God loves a humble and contrite heart. God loves a humble and contrite heart. He's drawn to people who are humble, who humble themselves. It draws him. It's like catnip for the divinity. <laughs> I mean, a humble heart. It just pulls him in close. He can't resist it. He literally can't resist it. If you want him to pay attention to if you're trying to get his attention... If you want him to come close, if you feel like he's far and you want him to come close, go down. He can't resist that. He just can't resist it. Like me walking past the cookie cabinet. <laughs> if you want to draw God, the Holy Spirit, to yourself, learn how to be contrite. Learn how to recognize your poverty, a poverty of spirit. Learn how to foster deep within your soul a desperation for God. Become desperate for Him. This draws Him close. This is the message we read in the Scriptures again and again. There were great sinners, great sinners, terrible sinners, ugly sin, but people who fell on their face in desperation and humility before God. And they won His heart. They won God's heart. David, the murdering adulterer, called a man after God's heart. Saint Peter, who wept bitterly for his sins. Now the rich, the self-sufficient, the healthy, the wise, he turns them away. I never knew you. I never knew you. 
He doesn't know them because they don't have God's heart. They don't have God's humble heart. They would have never sent this kind of delegation, these wise and intelligent, the aristocracy of humanity. They would have never sent this kind of delegation, these angels from heaven, to these poor, dirty shepherds. I've always had a soft spot for uh, farmer philosophers and craftsmen, artisan theologians. Our Lord was a poor carpenter. These shepherds here were accorded a great honor by God, an honor which resounds throughout the ages. We're still talking about it today. We're still delighting in it. It still comforts us. We find it charming and sweet and wonderful. Every year we celebrate and we wonder at what these rustic shepherds experienced on this night. It is only fitting to send such an august delegation to these shepherds, since God himself calls himself the shepherd, the shepherd of Israel, Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd. God himself took such a humble and lowly position among humanity as to be a shepherd. These young men were living out in the field, it says, Luke tells us. They were living out there, and they were guarding their flock, protecting them, living a simple, honest life, doing their job, protecting their sheep, not like wicked shepherds who run when danger comes. They were honest, hardworking, simple men. They are there in the deep darkness of the cold night when an angel appears, and as the angel appears, along with him appears a glorious light. And it shines, it says, all about them. They are enveloped now, no longer by the darkness of the night. They are enveloped by the light of God. And standing there in front of them is this messenger from heaven. And Luke says, they are terrified. They are terrified. And literally, the colloquialism is, they are afraid of a great, terrible fear. They're quivering. Before the angel, and the angel calms them down and assures them of his good intentions. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I have come to tell you the most wonderful news, which will bring the greatest joy to all the people of the earth. This news is a light coming into the darkness. We are here now in this story of redemption at this point. We are in the dark night of the ages of men, the low point. The days are at their shortest when an angel, a minister of God, is sent down to make this glorious announcement. And as he does, into this dark night a light comes and it envelops these shepherds. It is not the light of the sun, it is the light of God. And the sadness and the melancholy of this temporal life is overwhelmed by a message of joy and hope and peace. Emmanuel, God with us. God, one of us. God, come to us in our squalor, our plight, to lift us up in himself to where he is in his glory. On this night, our captivity is ended. Our yoke of Slavery to the evil one is over. We are united to God. We are made sons of God. Our peace with God has been paid for by God himself. In his great mercy, in his tremendous, 
unimaginable humility, he has paid the price to redeem us from the dark kingdom. And then the angel says, this is going to be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. A baby in a feed trough. It's actually what he says. You're going to find a baby. <laughs> a baby? You're going to find a baby, a little baby in a feed trough. These are the signs. There's a lot more there to unpack. They're signs. A lot more there to contemplate. But after the angel gives them this tip, Luke says, and suddenly, and suddenly, imagine it, suddenly a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel. Now this is the part that really drives home this is the part of the story that really drives home the extent to which the heavenly court event planning team went on behalf of these rustic shepherds. You could imagine everything that went into this. Somebody scurrying around with their clipboard. Gathering. Now one angel, one angel sent to these simple folk would have been an extraordinary gesture on the part of the heavenly court. That would have been an extraordinary gesture. Just to send one great and glorious angel which scared the bejeebies out of them anyway. But an entire army, not in an army, armies. Armies. How many is that? I don't know. Millions or millions upon millions of angelic hosts? Certainly there are millions upon millions of them. Millions upon millions of angels are rousted from their barracks and sent to deliver this message for maximum effect to these poor little simple Scared to death, these little boys, these dirty little boys living out in the field. And I suppose to honor for all time all the people of this world who offer to God a simple and honest faith in poverty of spirit. That is what we aspire to. It's not too much for each of us to try and be like one of these rustic shepherds. This is the point here in this field, the point and place that heaven comes down in hordes of glory and mingles with earthy, honest men of beast and field and the hosts of heaven. And let me emphasize, while they are a great, great choir, a worshiping choir of praise, they are actually called armies. They are a choir that does battle. They are a choir with a sword in one hand and incense in the other. But they come down. They come down from heaven like God came down. And they begin to praise, <clears throat> which is their chief occupation for all eternity, to sing God's praise, to glorify Him. But now they come down and they point up in their praise and they invite the shepherds to join them and they teach them how to praise Almighty God. And these shepherds have earned it. They've earned this visitation by their simple, impoverished souls. The angels come down and lift the shepherds up and they all sing together glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.